The Money Show. Personal Finance. We've spent one night of every July for the better part of the past decade speaking to Super Saver Julia. Uh, we've reflected on the really inspirational story of how from a relatively small beginning she took a lump sum of cash on the advice of our regular personal finance guru Warren Ingram. She invested it in the stock market across a range of exchange traded funds and at the time committed to invest a third of everything she earned. And she would then use another third to pay her taxes and another third for some fairly modest living expenses with a small flat, a small car and regular overseas holidays built in, believe it or not, in those days. Then there was a wobble in the global financial crisis and she suffered an understandable lapse in confidence. And uh, she regrouped herself and committed to keep up the ratio of a third of her income. And it rose, her income rose from 300,000 rand a year to, by the time she stopped working in corporate, to over a million rand a year. I've always get shouted at by people who demand that I find somebody of far more modest means as an example of what they could reliably do. And I would. I really would. We keep looking. But the reality is, if you're surviving, and surviving just, investing is hard. So your choices are going to be different to what Julia has done. The purpose of the Julia story, I say this every single year, people still shout at me. Uh, the purpose of the Julia story is to show you what is possible for young professionals who seriously want to apply themselves to growing in their jobs, growing in their professions, and building wealth. So you can shout away, but please don't expect me to engage on, on, on crazy stuff. Julia stopped adding new money to her South African investments in 2016, and she started a family. She brought a Volvo to replace her Corsa Light, which her husband then took over and started driving till the wheels fell off. She upgraded a small flat to a family home. And instead of adding uh, to what at that stage was an underperforming ETF portfolio, she started using her extra cash to pay down her debt more quickly than she would otherwise have done. And that's put her in a position where the house was paid off, the car's paid off, and she's still got a good investment portfolio. By the time she stopped contributing to her investments, she'd put away about 3.2 million rand. And she avoided the temptations that many might take to buy a bigger car, a newer car, a flashier handbag, a flashier house, perhaps, or build a new wing on the house, whatever it was, cashing in the short share portfolio to buy a fancier lifestyle. She's avoided that. Instead, she left the capital alone and she used that cash freed up from her investing to pay down debt. By this time last year, despite drawing down about 141,000 rand to fund some pandemic expenses, she was sitting at nearly 6 million rand in investments. She'd earned 2.7 million rand from doing absolutely nothing. Kept tabs on her investments from time to time, but essentially she'd done nothing. And while that was happening, paying off her bond, making sure that the car was paid off, making sure that she was building up money for school fees, because, hey, kids need to go to school. She's with us again this evening, and as I always ask you, Julia, once I've done my summary, which gets longer and longer every year, that's broadly accurate, right? That is an excellent summary, Bruce. I can't believe it's been over a decade, and you managed to summarize that in less than two minutes. Well done. That's your life. The story of your life life summarized (laughs) in two minutes. That's so worthless. What have you been doing all this time? Now, listen, um, it's been a hell of a year, and particularly the last couple of months have been dreadful for investments. Before we talk about Mm -hmm. what you've been doing specifically, have you been shaken by the sort of rout that we're seeing play out in, in world markets at the moment? Um, not myself, because, um, as you mentioned, I, I've lived through one financial crisis, one recession, um, 
And so the second one hasn't shaken me as much as it has my husband who who keeps who who kept telling me, Oh, have you seen the stock markets today? It's all in the red, it's all in the red. And then we stopped looking. I told him like it's it's better to to just not look for a few weeks um, because it's so volatile. You can you can have a look at the status of your investments and it can it can swing wildly, like hundreds of thousands of rands of difference from one day to the next. So yeah, the volatility has been a bit worrying, but luckily I haven't had to sell anything um, during this volatile time. So so all these swings are, are theoretical gains and losses. Yeah, exactly right. And they're on paper and the paper is not as pretty as it used to be. Uh, but the point is, you've learned to understand that, you know, history shows us and you know, we believe history uh, may never repeat, but it certainly rhymes that um, these things will, in the in the broadest, biggest scheme of time, re- recover their losses and, and begin as, as cycles change. You critically gave up your day job. You had a very successful consulting career and you gave up that job just before the global financial crisis hit because you'd been mm-hmm. working for many years towards starting your own enterprise. It's related to the travel industry. And of course, that got nailed. Um, and I noticed yeah. that your husband, who'd been working for himself, has gone into a job. Um, I, I don't know if he still got the job, but he did go into like proper full-time employment. So your family circumstances mm-hmm. have shifted and changed a bit over the last couple of years. Yes, it was just too tough for us to have two entrepreneurs in the family. So we did that over the two years of COVID. So from around March 2020, when uh, the travel industry was so badly hit and I was just doing refunds. Uh, 2021, I I made a bit of income from, from that business, but nothing significant. And we decided at the beginning of 2021 that um, we couldn't have two entrepreneurs in the family. It was just too too stressful for us. So my husband said um, he'd give me a chance at starting something and growing and creating a business, which was very kind of him. And he went out to look for a job and it took a few months, um, but he found one. And so having the stable income is great because then we know that we our expenses, are, our monthly expenses can be covered from that. All the school fees, food, electricity, um, when we get it, and that kind of stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it has it has helped to have that stable income. Okay, let's get down to the brass tacks of what the investment portfolio has done. I, I described how you, in total, into these uh, various exchange traded funds into which you've invested, have put in three point two million rand in. Um, your own money, your earnings, share of your earnings. And mm. uh, by this time last year, that did go on to nearly 6 million rand. You'd taken out 141,000. Mm. Um, you, however, in the last year have changed something quite dramatic. Take me through what you've done and why. So in the last year, I wasn't earning any income because um, – my business wasn't earning enough to to pay out an income to myself. And I thought it might be a good time to realize some of my capital gains. So this was towards the end of 2021, um, where the stock market was at a, at a, towards its peak, not at its peak, but you know, it was getting there. And I thought I've got, I'm in a lucky position to have a lot of capital gain because this money has been invested for a very long time since I've been speaking to you. So for over 10 years, 15 years this money's been invested. So the capital gain was quite high. And I did, I went on to, there's a, a tax calculator that anyone can access free of charge. I think I used the tax term one, but there's a lot of different tax calculators you can use. And I did some 
some examples of um, what kind of capital gains I would pay if I had an income or didn't have an income. And it just, it looked like it was a good time to realize some of those capital gains. So I decided to sell just over 800,000 rands worth of my MSCI world shares. So I sold those around November last year and I decided to take those um, offshore, that money offshore. And I, I luckily, um, this was just pure dumb luck. I didn't invest everything at once. I invested it um, slowly into the stock market. Where, where, sorry, where have, I heard, where have I heard this advice somewhere? Um, oh, yes, Warren. Oh, yes, that's him. <laughs> um, don't throw everything into the market at once. If markets mm-hmm. are volatile and going up and down, then you put a little bit in every month over a period of time. Dollar cost averaging, exactly right. So you, you're sticking to the playbook. Good, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, so I just did that because, and yeah, I, I was I was happy to have done that because since since January, the, the stock market has been on a downward tra- trajectory. So um, it's helped that I invested some of the, the money only later on in the year. So yeah, so I, I realized these capital gains, I'll, I have a, a nice big capital gains tax bill to pay SARS around about now. Um, but it's it's much less. I think I worked out it was thirty thousand Rand less than I would have um that I would have paid if I'd had any salary, even the tax free salary amount. So I think it's up to ninety thousand Rand you can get tax free. So because I had zero income in the last year, it had about a 30,000 rand impact on on the capital gains I had to pay. So yeah, that's what I, I decided to do. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's where that's where I'm sitting at right now. Okay. Um, so you did a couple of things. You utilized um, your offshore allowance. Everyone in South Africa who's lucky enough to have a million rand um, can take a million rand off offshore. No questions asked by by SARS. If you want to take more, you uh, need to, or by the Reserve Bank, um, you need to get permissions and stuff. So you've utilized within that um, offshore allowance your 800,000 rand. You've taken it offshore. Now, can I be so rude as to ask where that money has gone? Yes, I've got a, um, I've got a uh, a stockbroking account, um, just a cheap and uh, easy to use stockbroking account in France, and I invest. I invested that money, uh, so I sold MSCI World shares in South Africa, and I just put them back into MSCI World shares, <laughs> but offshore. So okay. it was like for like, I didn't do anything fancy or anything, okay. really. Yeah. Um, it's uh, in a different um, exchange-traded fund because the one in South Africa and the one in France are different, but uh, it's the underlying the share thing. is the same. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. And so you've got you've got like for like. Um, you would have, uh, at the time, uh, you would have done well on the exchange rate. Uh, of course, the euro, mm-hmm. unfortunately, has lost quite a lot of value so far this year. So are you in the black or are you in the red following that decision? I'm in the black. So, yeah, that's quite fortunate because I think – most people would would not be um, okay. I want to, uh, depending uh, that, on that's, when you've that's good news. I want to find out how you did it, and also if you can do the sums for us in your head because you've got a very good head on your shoulders. Um, as to you had <laughs> a little less than six million rand this time last year. What the grand total is now that you've done this restructuring of part of your investments? More with Julia, super saver Julia, in a moment. The Money Show, personal finance.
So how much of a capital gains tax bill have you got, Julia? How much money can we get from you into the fiscus, please? Because we we need as much as we can get. It was, um, so the capital gain was uh, 550,000. That was the capital gain. I think I sold 800,000 rands of shares. And of that, 550 was capital gain. So, um, but I can't remember how much tax it is. I still have to do my tax return. So I'm not sure how much tax they'll charge me. It will be probably about 50,000, maybe less. Okay, so you kind of you, you've taken a, a fifty thousand rand knock on the value of your investment portfolio, uh, and uh, you then would have paid a little bit of money to translate the rands into euros, and then in your stockbroking account some fees, I suppose, to buy more MSCI offshore um, assets. And um, I, I wonder what the value of those assets are. Now, give us the, the overall value. You had just under six million rand this time last year. Where are you sitting now? Well, if we convert it to rands, it's just about 6.2 million. Okay, well, we are converting for the to combined rands value. Th- that's the only way I can keep track. Um, <laughs> and, and, and I mean, it, it just goes to the point here, Julie. I mean, you've, you've not added money. You've Every year you've tweaked and changed things a little bit, um, but you've not done anything dramatic. This is the most dramatic thing you've done in a couple of years. Mm. Um, and, you know, you've taken the knock on, on capital gains because you're going to have to take it at some point anyway. And you've taken a deliberate mm. decision to remove money from a South African environment into an offshore environment. It does leave the lion's share, though, of your investment portfolio in rands domiciled in South Africa. Is the plan each year to reduce that exposure to South Africa? Um, well, I would, I'll start by taking all of the MSCI world shares that I own in South Africa offshore. So right. I, I would start by doing that. I would still always keep some South African shares. I like the Satrix 40. I'm traditional and, and boring that way. I just like I have very um, simple uh, strategy with regards to that. But I will always have an exposure to South Africa, I think. Um, we, being from a um, mixed nationality family, so my husband is not South African, we might at some point go to Europe. And so it's um, it's important to have money in the currency that you will be spending in. So if one day for some part of our lives, we never, we, we don't view it as, uh, you know, like forever after, but for some part of our lives, if, if we will be living in Europe, it will be good to have some Euro denominated investments. So so that's the idea and that's the the plan. A sort of medium-term uh, plan is, uh, I would say, next two to three years is, is definitely to be in South Africa. Um, but we might go to Europe for, say, 10 years and then come back here. So, yes, that's, the idea is to have some uh, assets and some investments in euros um, because that's that would be where we would go, if anywhere. Okay. Got you. Um, and then just very, very briefly, I mean, your business, is it beginning to come back to life once again? Oh, yes. It's it's amazing, the recovery uh, in <laughs> tourism. It's it's wonderful. It's so wonderful to see. It's, it was such a difficult two years. It was it was really awful. I mean, I, I just had the worst luck uh, leaving my corporate job before the pandemic and starting a business in tourism. But it's been worth it because all of that hard work for no reward um, for the two years of the pandemic has paid off. And I've just been getting the most wonderful word of mouth referrals. And yeah, people are wa- wanting to come back, travel to South Africa. So yeah, very happy about that. 
That's wonderful, Julia. Thanks so much indeed. Super Saver Julia this evening on The Money Show. Portfolio keeps on growing. She doesn't do very much to it. She doesn't have to be fancy with it. Slow and steady as she grows. Thank you, Julia. Super Saver Julia in July on The Money Show.